Saturday morning to everybody, and welcome to the Great Steak Breakfast. I'm Roan. Oh. Noah's here. Yo. Man, calm, and that's Alan laughing. What's up? What's up? He's right. And we're going to bring you a decent little slice of the news that we didn't uh, get to cover on our shows this week. Some amazing commentary to go along with it. How's everybody doing today? No, you look rested. Mm. Sort of rested. More rested than all. I'm running on a hot two hours. And yeah, a you guys don't bang. sleep. Sure don't. Alan, how are you doing? I'm all right. My daughter woke me up at 6 o'clock this morning because my uh, my mother was picking her up to go, you know, have fun at some adventure park. So my eyes, you know, I didn't get much sleep last night. I got more than you guys did, though. Sure did. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, yeah. you know, it's just one of those things when we're, we're trying to do so much stuff right now. I mean, we all got families like we always talk about. and. Real jobs in addition to doing this, which is a second. Real jobs. Yeah, well. Real jobs. And yeah. what, maybe a third. If you put family and real jobs out there, I guess this would be a third full-time job. Oh, yeah. So I always told it, myself if, if it ever came down to it, the only part of the uh, Navy SEALs, the budge training I'd be able to pass is the sleep deprivation. They'd all be passing <laughs> out. I'd be like, come on, let's go. Hey, get up. Yeah. Get up. Come on, let's go. If, I don't want to do push so. If you I fail to- everything. If you had to average how how much during your work week, how much sleep you get uh, for the week, what do you think it is if you had to put a number on it? My phone tells me 3.2 hours a day, six days a week. Okay. You know, I do much better. Uh, yeah. What, do you, what about you, Ian? What, what, what do you sleep, Noah? Uh, well, I mean, it depends on what's going on. Yeah. If they're making me do things I don't want to do, it could be. I'm talking about inventory three to four hours right uh in general though i mean i just make it work all i have is a dog here so yeah, he's a fur dad yeah kids ruin <laughs> everything they ruin everything i love my i love i love my kid but yeah she ruins everything sorry yeah. Zoe. what else <laughs> what's going on well what well, we got happening it was a busy week um <sighs> we threw out a new sub stack this week have you seen it yet I read it. I thought it was pretty awesome. The steak for Substack. They're always good, Roan. Roan, you got a gift. You got a gift. You need a column somewhere. You should be writing. I mean, you're good at everything. If I only had good. about 10 more hours. If the, if the days were 34 hours long, I'd be straight. Oh, if you could sleep less time and more day? Yeah, there you Perfect. go. I mean, how do you write so – I mean, because your Substacks, they're not just – they're not bullshit. They're, they're so long and in-depth, and I – I started reading it yesterday and then I was literally laying in bed reading it this morning 
and you fell asleep? Um, no. Uh, that's real nice. That's real nice. No, no, seriously. Like, I, you're, you're, I couldn't. I guess maybe I'm half a, I'm half a retard. Are we allowed to say retard? Yeah, we're allowed to say whatever we want. I just, I can't vote. I think I always say, you know, I'm, I like to read. I like to read, and I do. There are some books I'll pick up, and I'll, I can't put them down. And and, but then there are just some things, just like really, somebody actually got paid to write this. But no, seriously though, your 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 articles are always good because they're they're articulate. I'm not just blowing smoke up your ass because you you know. It, it, well, that's it's one of the good. things I always tell them. It's like I do not have the mental capacity in that way to to just retain all that information. Like I like if I look at Roan while we're doing a show and I say, "Do you have the numbers for that or whatever it is?" And yeah. he's made the he's made the shark joke before, where his eyes just roll back in his head and he spits out all the information. And that's 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 literally what he does. Like my brain is mechanical. Like I can you know build a car and figure shit out but you know just coming up with random political facts off the top of my head perfect, not, not very good at it perfect compliments to each other though yeah we bring different yeah. things to the table we would hate to two of the same of us yeah because rowing and, and you, about the retarded definitely Rowan can't push run can't Rowan can't push any of the buttons so it's it's you definitely compliment each other because you know i think this morning I couldn't push the button. So <laughs> yeah, I definitely get, I get nervous when I'm on the other side of the table, for sure. This week, a lot went on. I mean, it was like it, you you covered a bunch of it in your Substack. I mean, oh, it's been a couple of weeks between you know Twitter and and now everything else that's going on in like social media world with. Uh, the failure of of I have to say failure. I don't know. I'm not on True Social because I have an Android and it hasn't come out on Android yet. There's no desktop version. But you were right. talking about that, and I you, you've been following it a lot more because I you're on you guys are on True Social for your other show, right? The the, the steak for breakfast. You guys have an account, correct? Yeah, I, I mean, and it's like I tell everybody. I, I see a lot of people bitching about it online. Until it goes full launch, you're really not missing anything. I mean, it, the, all of the features are completely, uh, you know, buckled down. There's no DMing. There's no pinning. Uh, there's no quoting. They call them truths yet. Like they do have those functions on Twitter and Getter, um, but but they're just not there. So basically, you have the ability to post. There were some issues in the beginning with some of the videos loading. Um, now it seems to be, uh, you know, alleviated. I saw Devin Nunes came out yesterday. He went around the interview circuit, print mostly. I believe he was on Fox Business as well, talking about how they switched something to do with their servers and, and their cloud. You know, I, I talked to somebody who's very close to Donald Trump, you know, working down at Mar-a-Lago. He gave me names, which I saw since I put out the Substack have come out in other articles, um, you know, and, and three of the biggest people who were originally in the whole true social development have kind of taken leaves of absences and uh, Josh Adams and Billy Boozer. And then there's a gal, I can't remember her name off the top of my head, but she, you know, she gone and took a leave of absence too. And they're all, you know, one's in communications and operations and one's in development. And the other one is like the financial side of it. And this insider kind of told me that the, the, the premise of it is that their relationship with rumble isn't as great as, they said it was going to be first yeah. of all rumble is extremely it's it's a b-level 
media. You know, it's a crappier version of YouTube. And they have no algorithm. Rumble has no algorithm either. I, 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 and which go ahead. No, I, I, when I was uh, speaking with uh, Vish Burra, good friend of you guys, oh. good friend of, of, of mine. He, he was telling me that rumble no algorithm and basically the re it's just a, the views and if you're not connected or friends with a rumble program or somebody at the top that can get you to the main page to the main part where you're seen then you, you're probably just not going to get seen that basically right. it's 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 a scam it's a scam and that's what i see it as and some of the things that they say they don't have on their social media platform do exist like forced unfollows and shadow banning right i heard um, that so it's kind of going to see how that that relationship between the two different media companies goes down. The one thing that this guy couldn't really confirm, oh, Lori Heyer, she was the other person. I'm sorry. So Josh Adams, Billy Boozer, and Lori Heyer, who were all, you know, big people in the Trump campaign originally, and now went with Nunes over this. They've all taken leaves of absences. But what a lot of the mainstream and legacy medias aren't reporting on is that all three of these people want back in but they want back in to be able to do it right and they know that the rollout's been so slow and so problematic and it all has to do with rumble the one thing that i couldn't get confirmed though is devin nunez who's now the ceo of the uh you know tmtg yeah. the trump media technology group is he doing this like willingly or is he ignorant to the real problems going on because he might not be as tech you know savvy and stuff as he might need to be to to be able to do I mean, this job what was his efficiently background besides being that, he was in the uh he member of congress but what, what he is in the state department for uh, the defense the department of defense correct for for trump administration yeah and he was also uh you know he was out here in california uh, and state legislator for years. I don't really know what else his background is. I'm sure it's in business if he's right. going to be the CEO of this. Just not but, maybe uh, the tech side. Maybe not the tech side. Which is, it's, I guess you don't need it. You don't. You don't need to be a tech guy to be a CEO of Rumble. Yeah, I mean, Rumble. of Trump yeah. Social rather. And it's been, it's changed so much since he went to Washington D.C. Let's just say he he's been in D.C. for a little over a decade, I believe, and uh, you know. How much of, has social media changed over the course of that, you know, 10, 12 years? Right. Did these people actually – so that 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 was another rumor. They took leave of absences because there's this discussion that they may want to return because I had originally thought that they just up and left for whatever, whatever the issues were. I also heard other rumblings that – other rumblings that rumble was, was purposely – Dragging their feet and slowing down Truth Social like they did not want them to succeed, which I, I did. I found very odd since they supposedly were going to have some sort of partnership. And I think the expectations of, of people on Truth Social, first of all, you're on there and people are like, oh, you're one million seven thousand in line and it's taking months for you to get your account up. And then it's so limited. And everybody had this expectation of, wow, Donald Trump's going to be on there and he's going to be active and we're going to be interacting with the 45th president of the United States. And there he has an account and it says, oh, whatever it is, I'll see you soon. And there's been no activity on it from what I heard. And, you know, a lot of people are just so interested in this uh account called Q and and allegations or, or assumptions on who that might be behind that account on True Social. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I think it's kind of a troll account because people like Cash Patel follow it and he's totally not on board with that whole narrative, to be right. honest with you. 
we've talked to him directly on and offline and he kind of just laughs and uh you know we'll, we'll just have to see what happens to it i know i know they did fix some of their problems yesterday and a, a large amount of people got in i saw people posting all over social media about it some of the people in our community were were finally getting in we saw yesterday in one of our group chats and uh another thing was there's rumors that even though they're saying certain servers and, and clouds are being used, that a lot of the stuff is going to be backed up on the Amazon. No good. Uh, servers. Not good at all. AWS, no good. I mean, what's the point? What's the point? Look what happened to Parler. What's the point? Yeah, why would you want to? Because for something so big, you could. there's only certain places where you could do it legitimately and efficiently. That's what she said. You know, <laughs> you know that, that it's funny you say that because so – with the developers, when I was going through the development stages of the, the Patriot Podcast Network and, you know, the the company that I'm dealing with with the servers, they have their own servers and I believe they're located in different countries. Possibly one of them might be in, in the Netherlands, which is funny because uh, I heard that's how Pornhub does it. They, they use all of these different large servers in different countries, obviously, to stay away from AWS. And then there was another company that approached me that said, hey, we could do this for, you know, dramatically cheaper. And we can give you, you know, the, this amount of bandwidth unlimited and storage and server space. And I my question was, OK, well, who's your uh, Who's who's your who's your storage you know cloud? And he said AWS, Amazon, and I says, well, that's not going to work, especially with the content on the Patriot Podcast Network and the twenty plus shows that we have from conspiracy theorists, truthers, political commentary shows like yours and political shows like mine. Yet, yeah, it just takes one person. Whether they, I don't know what they, maybe they have auditors of content and. They could turn the switch off just like Paula, and then boom, we're out of business. Where we'll never be broadcasted again. Yeah, they'd, they'd put you out just directly before something important happened that we needed to talk about. Mm -hmm. Well, like what, what's interesting is, and I don't know how all this works. I'm not a tech guy. I'm not going to pretend to be one. But I was. my question is, and no one seems to be able to answer it, AWS, Amazon has storage. That's not the bandwidth. That's just the storage of the content. Right, And the, the, I, the transmitting vessel, say for our case on the Patriot Podcast Network, is Roku TV. Roku TV has a very, very minute history of censorship and removal. The only one I believe they removed is Alex Jones because hundreds of thousands of people hammered Roku to remove him because of his comments on Sandy Hook, the Sandy Hook shooting. And that's correct. That's the, I mean, you could, you could find, if you know how to look for it, you could find porn on Roku. Yeah. I'm not telling you how to find it, but I've, I've heard you could, you, you could, you could find it. Um, we'll link it in the description today. <laughs> we'll look. Yeah. It'll, it'll be in the description. Just click on the link. It'll bring you right to the porn on Roku TV. No, but, but, top one. There you go. <laughs> you know, I didn't, did you guys know that, that Hunter Biden apparently had a Pornhub channel? I didn't know that. He did. Speaking of which, I, really? No one and I were talking this week. It's pretty interesting. I don't know if I if I told you, Al, Jasmine Sinclair has reached out to us and she wants to come on her show. She she apparently dabbles in conservative politics, but I just feel like that's one of the ones where, man, I don't know how I'd have to explain that at the dinner table when my wife asked me how we got connected with her. That's interesting. <laughs> she diddles in conservative. Yeah, she, I mean, she's a three-time world champion of gangbangs too so yeah she dabbles in conservative politics and cock yeah <laughs> you get a trophy for that i'm sure she did is it in a 
<laughs> is yeah. it a participation trophy or is it an actual, you know, trophy? She succeeded in, in, well, apparently oh she got all participation trophies, all 300 of them. Yeah. Um, but you, I mean, no, she reached out on, on, on like several of our social medias trying to get our attention, said she heard part of our show somewhere. She listens to it now. She really likes the narrative and the way we kind of, you know, frame it with the news and stuff like that. She says, obviously the guests are great, but it's, it, it, I, I, and I hate saying no to people. I don't think I've ever said like, you know what? No, you can't come on our show. I, I never have. Uh, you gotta be kind of yeah. humble and you never know what kind of, you know, if somebody has good intentions and you lead them down the right road conversationally, they, it's good content regardless. So it's good to pick I mean, people's brain. It's obvious you don't say, it's obvious you don't say no to anybody. I mean, you've had me on your show a few times. So, I mean, you let anybody on your show. So it's, you know, I mean, why not yeah, let a true. porn star? Yeah. I, I already I don't, pseudo one. I'm not opposed. Yeah. I don't give a shit. Well, let's see what happens with that one. Alan, I know we were talking offline beforehand. You were, you were talking about Elon Musk. Uh, it looks like he's going to go in for the hostile takeover yeah. here soon. He's amassed anywhere between 21 and $46 billion uh, to be able to just go ahead and take Twitter for himself. I just want him to make the headquarters into a homeless shelter. So oh my bad. God, that would be so great. I'm pretty sure he might. And then outside where the homeless people used to live, he'll put the cubicles. Well, I, I would hope he would move the Twitter Thanks. home office to texas well anybody that you know wants to come to work here's a cardboard box out front well the only way to not to pay ridiculous taxes on that enormous campus would be to turn it into something that gets a big tax break like a homeless shelter yeah well why why would they want to i mean like i understand that they're the california liberal retards okay but why would you want to do your business in california knowing how much taxes there are, or is it just because? It's because they're part of Silicon Valley. I want Valley. to support California. Yeah. yeah. What do you think? What do you think he makes CEO? One of the homeless people. That'd be great. <laughs> the winner of the bum fights. And they're yo, and they're, and they're gonna they're gonna live stream the board meetings. Mm. Oh my god! Oh my god! The guy's gonna bring all his uh, his notes and his projector and his uh, dry erase board and a shopping cart. Yeah, I, I'd just like to. Uh, introduce Rooster. He's going to be coming up now to, to do the uh, finance uh, portion of the board meeting. You said I was going to get a free sandwich. You got to do the presentation first. I'm really hungry. I want a free sandwich. Uh, and everybody's the, uh, the left is having a meltdown. That this well, is I mean, happening. Like, where's he getting his financing and all the speculation about it? Oh, you got it. I mean, he's going to liquidate some of Tesla uh, and he's received $13 billion in financing from Others, in addition to uh, who's who's the um, lender he's working with? It's one of the bigs. Oh. But I, I just don't understand how they're going to get mad at the guy that wants to make the electric cars that they want so bad. Well, <laughs> you know what? It's like one of those things with the whole Russia, Ukraine, Russia, Iran deal. It's kind of like the same thing with Elon Musk. It's like, okay, we're going to start investigating Elon Musk's finances and SpaceX and Tesla at the federal level. But at the same time, Elon Musk is still going to be able to hold the most and largest defense contracts in the country. You know, it's like, I think a lot of it's just for optics. Yeah. Do you trust, how much, how, how much do you trust Elon Musk to do the right thing with Twitter? I'm still up in the air about it. Twitter, uh, it looks like to be genuine. 
It's Morgan Stanley. That's the uh, bank. I'm sorry. It was on the Morgan tip of my Stanley. tongue. But uh, in regards to Twitter, it, it looks pretty genuine. I mean, he's always been interactive with his following and, you know, he's always done funny stuff on there. Uh, definitely a lot more lately. Yeah. I mean, when, yeah. when it comes to the other stuff, that's just up for debate. Don't like the AI transhumanism stuff. That's a total turnoff. Um, you know, I, I, I'm in the belief category that we've never even been to the moon and he's talking about going to Mars in a couple of years. That, that's kind of out there for me. And, you know, we could, we could solve a lot more problems here that we're having now than trying to do something like that. Agreed. And then, Agreed. so, and then, you know, with the Tesla stuff, like, I think the Tesla stuff's cool, but it's obviously like an alternative and definitely not something that's going to take over fossil fuel driven vehicles. So, you know, I give or take, like, but, but with the Twitter stuff, it looks like it's kind of genuine and, and, and definitely, uh, you know what? A big part of me thinks that he wants to come in, take it over, clean it out, fix it, and then just kind of leave it. And uh, if he ever sees it getting out of control, he'd have more power, which is kind of weird and, and, and might be a red flag also, but to come in and, and clean it up again once he's, you know, taken it and turned it private and got everybody out of there. Well, whoever would stay. Um, you know, there were reports of there's like small factions of like closet conservatives there who would never reveal their political affiliations or the way they feel about certain freedoms and stuff like that. But how dare you? Yeah, they're they're sounding they're sounding the alarms and, and starting to leak Shame. that. To Speaking of which, social media, since we're on that thread, one of the mm-hmm. the big components of that Substack we had was the, uh, you know, having, well, living the life of a micro micro influencer in the political mm-hmm. spectrum and. Uh, you know, not having the ability to um, get your work out there. Yeah, it's a problem. So that's one. It's a huge, huge, huge problem. It's it's, it's a little bit on the soul crushing side as well. And uh, you know, it's not like we uh, expect to get verified accounts and this, that, and the other thing. But you know, we lose more accounts for acting with and interacting with the verified ones than we do. You know, just posting for ourselves. And when we post for ourselves, it's like, you know. We don't really see much of anything. I was, I, we had Norbin Laden on yesterday, mm-hmm. great friend of our show on Steak for Breakfast, and we did about an hour and a half with her. And it's one of the funny things. I was going through her Twitter feed, and you see, like, you know, all of her posts, just generic one-sentence post, sometimes links to an article, political statement, thousands of likes, thousands of shares. You tag her in our show post, and then she shares it, and it's like 36 likes, five retweets. So just just the drilling down. Um, even when you're like associated with it, we've seen the same thing with like Amanda Milius and when, yeah. you know, we've done collaborative work with like Raheem Kassam and Darren Beatty. Um, you know, the show numbers don't really reflect it, but social media wise, it's just, it's, it's embarrassing. So, and, and it's across all the platforms. It's it's by design. I mean, you, you have, you have pages with big, like you guys have a, well, Instagram over 8,000 followers. And then you take someone like uh, James from we, the people radio who has, I think clo- upwards of 30,000 followers and he has 30,000 followers and he's getting, you know, 50 to a hundred likes on a post. You know, I, I, I have on my Instagram for the great divide, I think a, a little over 5,000 and I get like 14, 15 likes or 20 views on a video. And it's just, yeah, I've seen that. You know, and, and I've been hit a few times, you know, with the with the fact checkers, you know, all those fact checkers out there that just want to shove it up our asses with the bullshit. You, you, they hit you guys. I mean, they annihilated your they annihilated your Twitter account for no reason. And that was right after the Amanda Millis and Cash Patel episode. And where they were, I mean, you had Amanda Millis making her own sound clips out of your episode and it was getting retweeted all over the place. I remember when you texted me, oh, hey, my 
our our Twitter account just boom gone, no explanation, no strikes, no nothing, no warning, just boom gone. Like it's yeah, you talk crazy. about our Instagram. Our, our Instagram account hasn't gotten a <laughs> hasn't gotten a follower since October of 2021. That's you know, wild. we hit 8100 8, followers, and I I looked right before the show started, and we were at 8093. Oh, so now we're getting the force follow unfollows too, probably. Yeah, we always do. So it's was, just it's so weird. Uh, that was happening to me. I was losing followers. And I work hard on my Instagram account just to try to get followers. And I, I have my little method and algorithm I do. And it works. I've gained a lot of followers. But they'll follow, but they're not seeing it because I'm not getting the engagement. And, mm-hmm. you know, I had the – so I know you guys aren't on on, on Facebook. And I had, a, I had a huge problem with Facebook being, I mean, I was a Facebook fugitive at one time. They annihilated my personal account. And, and Roan, you even mentioned it in your in your Substack. I was a victim, and literally, I was not doing anything nefarious on Facebook. I was not doing any obscenities and nothing like that. I, I never did, but because I had a little go back and forth with no cursing with some liberal knit hat wearing hot pocket eating xbox playing asshole sitting on his mother's couch i told him leave the adulting to to the adults and the voting to the adults he he complained he got a couple of his his other knit hat wearing buddies to to complain and they annihilated my count that i had since 2008 and i lost every photo they say they give you an option when you get your your page disabled to download everything from your page man i tried it a dozen times because i had photos from overseas trips my you know uh pictures that i never had anywhere else complete i'm talking hundreds of photos gone so then i had to make another uh, and another account then i had my podcast page my Great Divide podcast page amassed 32,000 followers. It was high engagement. And then, boom, I shared a couple articles from a media outlet that they don't like, the Gateway Pundit. And they hit me for uh, fact check this, uh, mostly false bullshit. And they throttled me down and I had no reach. And then they started taking followers away. And right now that page has 27,000 followers. I post something on it. It gets four shares two shares 30 views unless i share it a hundred times to other groups so and i this so then i i tested it i started another page for my podcast uh the great divide 1776 it's called and i started and i said you know what i'm not going to post anything from the gateway pundit i'm not gonna i'm gonna post my 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 content my shows which get all hit on youtube but not on facebook it's wild and then now that that page amassed almost nineteen thousand followers and the reach as i checked it this morning the reach in the last seven days is 2.2 million people with an with an engagement rate of almost eight hundred thousand. i did a live show last night on my on on my facebook page just the first one I did on there. And I had over a hundred people watching for the full hour I did it. An hour I was off, it was shared 70 times. Right. And then I looked and I looked at I looked at the views this morning and it's almost twelve thousand views on it because it's mm. a page that's not throttled. I mean it's a breath of fresh air. How long is that gonna last though? You know, I posted your sub stack on it and you know, favorite episodes of podcasts that I like, like you know, steak for breakfast and stuff to get the reach because now we're running into like you guys, great guests, great content, great show. You have influential people noticing you, but they're screwing you on social media. 
So now I'm trying to walk the line and play the game with the algorithm. So maybe I could be a tool for myself and shows like yours to get it out there to that, to that Facebook world. So, so far, so far, so good. But, and the kicker, the kicker, I can't even believe this. I'm still just wild about this. I go from Facebook fugitive to now I have this massive reach to getting notifications where Facebook is monetizing my page. And I'm like, what's going on here? There's some, something's up, something's up, but it, it's, you know, that gravy train's not going to, not going to last forever. It's going to be only a matter of time before they start their bullshit again. And then we're back to square one and we're back to square one. So it's like, we can't, we're not reinventing our shows, but we have to keep reinventing our image on social media all the time. Yeah. We've, re- we've rebranded once totally as a show a little over a year and a half ago. And then we've added components to it as we've gone along much to my dismay, it takes up the most amount of time to edit and cut stuff and, and, you know, link it up and write it up and, and put it up there. And then just to see it, it's like you're literally posting to yourself in our case. Yeah. So. And we're working really hard and we have, we, we have good shows. Like both of our shows are good shows and you know, there are shows out there that in my opinion are, are not that great who have, you know, they, they're making it. They have big production staffs. I'm sorry, but you know, Steve Bannon's War Room. Yeah, thanks, thanks to to to, to Vish Burra who built that show. But you know, the guy's getting what 11 million downloads. He's getting it because he's 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 Steve Bannon. He has a name. I mean, otherwise the guy's hard to look at. He's a sloppy, disheveled fuck. I'm not a big fan of him. I think he's a rat. And uh, but there he is. There he is. And you know, we know he's poaching shows. Like yours for guests. I mean, that's obvious. I'm just, you know, I it, it it's not coincidental that your show is being noticed by cast members of War Room and and other places like you know human events and things. People like like what you're doing. But again, in this space, my attitude is you don't trust anybody because I think there's a lot of people out there, whether you have the social media reach or not, that see your content and who you're dealing with and are intimidated because they they don't want the competition. They're competition crushers. So, mm-hmm. you know, you're it's almost like you could it's almost like conspiratorial, like it's the deep state. Like you guys, the Steak Food Breakfast podcast, you guys are being watched. And and in my opinion, a lot of it is positive. Obviously, like people really like your stuff, but also on the on the back end, there are people watching just to see. We don't really want these guys to take off because they have the potential to take off. And that might be a problem for our show, whoever that might be. You know, that's just my opinion. No, that's a good one. I mean, competition is part of the stuff you put up with. But yep. while we're still in the farm teams, a lot of the uh, major league clubs have definitely been coming around and interacting with us. It's been it's been kind of a weird experience, but uh, one we enjoy. We built some really good relationships. Some people come in. And out for like the business aspect of it only like, Hey, I'm going to do like Darren Beatty, for instance, that guy's a complete professional. He's a brilliant writer, but you know, and, and he was, he was in show both on and off air. He was jokey. We made him actually laugh once, which I didn't think we were going to be able to do. And uh, I, I forget if it, if it was me or Noah, one of us asked him a question and he said, well, you know, wow, that's a really amazing question. I've never thought of it that, that way. Was definitely you regardless. <laughs> it, it's funny to hear that come out of his mouth because no matter what anybody throws at him in regards to opinion, he's already completely prepared mentally. And, uh, you know, he's just as wild as that haircut he's got, but, and he comes in, but then there's others like Christina, Bob and Amanda Milius, obviously cash Patel and his whole 
apparatus that he's got set up there. You know, I've become great friends with Erica Knight, who's, uh, you know, his manager and Dr. Navarro's manager and Adam Lexalt, the senatorial candidate's manager from Nevada. And then interacting with all those people, it's weird. You know, Robbie Starbuck texts me like, tweets that he puts out there to reshare and 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 joe right. kent you text him and he'll literally text you back in real time right. uh same thing with like carrie lake and it's it's been cool to see these guys go out and, and work and do things the right way and then you know develop more of a, a relationship than we uh would think would happen you know in the beginning it, it was honestly like in out sometimes like you know we'd stop recording and go to say bye and they've already hung up and uh yeah, yeah. now it's people want to they want to bullshit on both ends Right. of the you know yeah. the interviews a couple minutes shorter now so we can kind of catch up with them and uh talk about some stuff and and then you know have an opportunity to say bye to them before they leave but like you said uh well some people don't understand that you know it's a on and off button not a on and off interview yeah it's like <laughs> oh for joining us on steak for breakfast and i hit the button to all right hey thanks oh no he's gone and they're gone which is fine I- yeah and I think a lot of people, like, you know, I'm sure guests you have on, they'll say it on the air. Hey, this is great. I'll come back anytime. And I think them saying that on the air, it gives a sense of they're, they're genuine about that, that they're not, yeah. maybe they're not just blowing smoke up your ass. And that when they're off the air and they're actually speaking with you and interacting with you, whether it's before, before they're on air or when they're, you know, after they're off air. And I, I get that too. Like I, I was, there was a few guests that surprised me, like Judge Napolitano, when I I, I got the um, opportunity to interview him about a, a an article that he wrote about uh, uh, Gitmo detainees being uh, tortured by you know our government and the Supreme Court basically condoning it and covering it up for state secrets. Anyway. So he came on, we were going to, we had it set for 30 minutes and we hit it off. Like we laughed together. Like he was a, he was a really, really good guy. And I was surprised because I was worried about it. Like, oh, he's going to be, you know, big ego, Judge Napolitano. What am I doing on this show? This and that. And he said right there on the air, he goes, I love what you do. I'll come on anytime. And we had fun off the air. And he even said at the end of the interview, he goes, wow, 30 minutes went by so, so quick. I could have easily sat here and talked for an hour. Me thinking that it was just set up for 30 minutes, we we could have done a longer show. Uh, and I bring him up because I just got word they're trying to work out some technical issues because he's not a, a tech savvy guy. But he has a show on YouTube called Judging Freedom. And he's also uh, just said he wants to bring it onto the Patriot Podcast Network. So we're going to have Judge Napolitano's show on the Patriot Podcast Network coming soon. But he's just he, just one guy that I could say I hit it off with. He's a great guy. And I'm definitely going to have him back on again. You know, another one that surprised me just recently, and he's coming on your show, uh, George Papadopoulos. I because I, I see him on other interviews, and I'm like, eh, socially awkward guy. You know, George, if, if you're going to see this show, I apologize, but that that was my first impression. And then he comes on, and it's like, you know, first of all, the guy was at out of the country to and and willing to to hop on with me, and we did like a, a 45 minute. Uh, interview and it was great and we laughed and again he said you know I'll, I'll I'll come on anytime it was great so it it surprises you with guests you, you, like you said you have some guests all right they're on they're off whatever you probably never hear from them again they they felt like they did you a favor but I guess because you're you're genuine and 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 you're you you're good guys um you know uh not really good looking because you have faces fit for radio that's why nobody ever sees you but they yeah. like you guys. 
They yeah. like you guys. <laughs> they they and it, and and it's good the relationships that everybody is is building and the information that we're getting out there that like mainstream media doesn't want to put out there and instead of having these people on their platforms they just sit there and destroy them and we're talking to these people the only thing Robbie Starbuck has to do is get rid of the man bun and I'm 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 sold no I'm only kidding I think he's great <laughs> I didn't realize he had a man bun until I saw a photo of him recently with his head tilted. Like, holy shit, Robbie Starbuck has a man bun. Yeah, and he's, he's a, a and he's a conservative. Wow. <laughs> I mean, it's like wearing camouflage. No, he was a that's, a, that's good. He was a pretty big uh, deal in in Hollywood for a long time. So that's right. That's true. That's true. Him and his wife were great on your on on your show. You know, I know what you said we would talk about it, and I I I. I want to just segue into it. This uh, Taylor Lorenz with the libs of TikTok, this vile, fake shithead. She's such, I, I can't stand this woman. Yeah, I mean, I, human garbage. Yeah, you said something. The, the creator the of uh, uh, libs of TikTok got a job or an, a job offer with Babylon B. Yeah. Yeah, she's going to work over there. They're going to make sure that she doesn't get canceled for a lot of money, right? Yeah. A lot of money. So, yeah, but apparently, you know, a little over a week ago, this shitbag grifter, uh, I, I'm air quoting now because you can't see us, writer mm. for the Washington Post who puts writer. out the top, right. top tier sewage in regards to their journalistic prowess over there. Top tier sewage gear. Published Washington, an article. Wait, wa- hold on, Washington Post, right? Mm-hmm. Jeff Bezos owns the Washington Post, doesn't he? Sure does. Yeah, need does I, it, yeah. yeah, need we say more? Complete shit. Yeah. Sorry, Ron. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Well, I'm, she put out a she put out an article on, on libs of TikTok, which, long story short, people from Antifa were able to get the creator's personal information off of, and you know, made, made it a very unpleasant experience for her. And uh, so, some people online on the side of good went ahead and did the same exact thing to Taylor Lorenz and, you know, let her know that they know where her kids are. Oh, her family is. And she didn't really like it. Uh, I got an audio clip of her crying during that interview. She did real quick. It's a quickie. Let's hear it. Destroy your life. I've had to remove every single social tie. I had severe PTSD from this. Mm-hmm. I, I contemplated suicide. It got really bad. You feel like any little piece of information walked you into it on you will be used by the worst people on the internet to destroy your life. And it's so isolating and terrifying. It's horrifying. Oh, it's terrible. It's, it's, terrifying. it's, it's overwhelming. It's really hard. It was worse than Kyle Rittenhouse crying. It's so hard. It's a fucking theatrical event. Every bit of that was fake. And the cues where the interviewer is like, it's terrifying. And she plays right off it. It's horrifying. Shut the fuck up. And this happened. Didn't this happen? This happened before she did anything with libs of TikTok, isn't it? Didn't that happen before? Yep. Weeks. Yeah, weeks before. So she she knows how it feels to be doxxed. Right. That's the term to be outed. People find out where you are, find out where your kids are. And then you do this to some woman who obviously is discreet on who she is. I didn't even know it was a woman. And uh, yeah, 
Yeah, so almost, you. almost a month ago, she goes and does this interview with MSDNC, hmm. crying that she's a victim of harassment. And then several weeks later, she went and doxed family members of the libs of TikTok accounts holder and was harassing them in regards to this article that she was writing about the account. So she acts like she's a victim, but she's also, and probably more appropriately, the perpetrator of these doxing things that happen, which is just completely ridiculous. Um, and I just think it's, yeah, it's just a fucking joke. Yeah, but it goes, it's bigger than that. No, who brought it? Alan, you brought it up. So there's more of a connection to this. I've got two clips from Tucker, and he's going to paint a better picture yeah. of how much bigger this is than just the Washington Post, who's owned by Jeff Bezos, going and bothering people who are conservative voices online. Let's hear it. One step deeper into the story and ask yourself, did Taylor Lorenz, the woman you just saw crying on TV because she has PTSD, did she really do the reporting here? Did she really track down the personal information of the woman who runs libs of TikTok? Please. Of course not. She couldn't. Taylor Lorenz is not a reporter. Apart from whining about herself on television, she has no skills. She couldn't do a weather forecast in a rainstorm. She's not a journalist. She's merely Ouch. a receptacle for information that other people gather for their own ends, a willing receptacle. So Lord, where did she get this information? Who gave her the identity of the woman who runs we call that TikTok? Well, actually, we don't have to guess because today's Washington Post. <laughs> the Post piece tells us that information Depends came from a man is. called Travis Brown. Travis Brown runs the, quote, Travis Brown hate speech tracker, which uses a variety of proprietary methods to reveal personally identifying information of private citizens who stray from the approved storyline. Now, who pays for all this? That's the question. Well, the Travis Brown hate speech tracker is funded by something called the Prototype Fund. Here's how the Prototype Fund describes the point of Travis Brown's project. Quote, prominent right-wing extremist accounts on Twitter and Facebook have developed a well-documented pattern to distribute controversial and extremist content to their followers and then delete it before moderators have the opportunity to react to it, in other words, before it can be censored. Archiving is an important element in counteracting this behavior and has, in many cases, led to prominent victories in the fight against the supreme extreme right. <clears throat> extreme right. So not all hate speech is the same. The hate speech tracker does not target the hate speech of BLM riders or Antifa. No, only enemies of the Biden administration and the guys at Davos. How do they do it? Well, Brown's methods, according to him, included using automated software to save user account names and social media posts long after they have been deleted. So there's no hiding from these people. Now, that appears to be a violation of Twitter's terms of service. Not that we care because they don't care. We reached out to Twitter about it. Isn't this a violation? <laughs> they ignored us. They suspended our account. <laughs> well, that's part of it. Um, and there's more, but we'll, but we'll talk about this. That Travis Brown hate speech tracker, I don't know if either one of you guys or anybody that's listening right now um, had seen it online. It, it, looks like a, it looks like a piece of art. It's like a white panel, and then it looks like there's paint thrown at it. But when you take it and like finger swipe it open it's like a whole bunch of names overlapping each other and then the closer you get to the center apparently the more of a hate speecher you are oh. and everybody's in there from like steve bannon and darren Beatty all the way up to like donald trump and like just account names and like numbers of, of like coordinates of like certain pages and stuff like that it's really interesting to kind of 
I just started kind of peeling the layers back on that this week, but I mean, at the end of the day, it's absolutely fucking retarded. It's just stupid to even think about something like that. Yeah. And how it resonates. And they project themselves by saying they use things that probably illegally track your information and, and keep it stored to uh, use as receipts. So in addition to if, if tweets get removed by the owner of it or author, um, these people keep it in like some kind of software. And, and that's against the, the Twitter codes of conduct. But like Tucker said, their accounts don't get suspended and, and nuked ours do um but it even gets bigger than that uh german foreign intelligence even has some links to some of these things going on with like collaborating things for you know uh, making the case against people and, and building narratives about them online let's hear the back end of that uh last piece interesting though is that travis brown himself appears to be a former twitter employee so again Who's paying for this? Well, a foreign government is paying for it. The prototype fund gets its money, not from private donors, but from the government of Germany, Germany's federal ministry of education. It says so right on the website. Pretty weird, huh? In other words, what happened to the woman who runs Libs of TikTok, her life being destroyed, was not the work of Taylor Lorenz, the fearless journalist who cries on TV from a PTSD. No, it was a foreign <laughs> intelligence operation designed to silence and intimidate an American citizen. Wait, is that legal? Did the Biden administration have any role in this particular Intel op? Why is the German government trying to shut down an American Twitter account posting about American teachers? And since she was the recipient, the willing recipient of this information from a foreign government designed to destroy an American citizen, why hasn't Taylor Lorenz at the very least registered under the Foreign Agent Registration Act, FARA? We seem to remember quite a bit of talk about this over the last few years. We think there was an impeachment trial over it. Someone went to prison because of it. But Taylor Lorenz can take information from a foreign government to crush an American citizen, clearly as part of an intel operation, and she's a journalist in good standing at the Jeff Bezos' newspaper? Mm. Mm. So the German government are using, are using their federal funds to monitor, track, store data on, and influence... American Twitter accounts. It's very interesting. It's very well, interesting. I, I guess that's German people's tax dollars at work. <laughs> that, that 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 dollars at work actually. It reminds yeah. me. I was who was I just talking to? Someone uh, on the conspiracy side. Who the heck was I just talking to about rumors of? What did I hear it somewhere? Rumors that Twitter servers might be. U.S. government funded or, or or property of the U.S. government. I mean, I find that hard to believe, but they were. Someone was saying, "Oh, they don't. They don't want. They want to block this Elon Musk hostile hostile takeover of Twitter because there's U.S. government funding behind Twitter servers, and they don't want that exposed." Well, I mean, it's not, it's not too too far of a jump. I mean, you got to figure the DARPA stuff where they're trying to do the the what was it? Facebook was actually yep. originally some data data mining thing to just identify and do facial recognition rec, wow recognition Get recognition <laughs> and all sorts yeah. of other shit no you're, yeah. you're correct and then i mean it, it's just wild and well but but the, not not anywhere off the fucking table though like of reality no the federal government used their servers to spy on then candidate and eventually president trump in his home and office. Yeah, so you think they're going to like 
bat an eye at like taking over a social media server with a with a person who runs it who's obviously just like behooved. Yeah. He's just he's a government, he's a government plant basically. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, well, Alan, I, I did find a, Jack Vasobic was on uh, Timcast uh, Thursday night, and he was actually talking about libs of TikTok and where she's going here. If you want, like, the official update, this is what it is. Libs of TikTok is a major player in the political culture war. Laws were written based on the videos she shared. She'll only get bigger now. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't. Libs of TikTok should just be a public figure and. Well, I think I think they did come out and Seth Dillon uh, made the announcement that she is going to be getting hired with Babylon B. Oh, really? And, that's, oh, yeah, that's and that they are. Story. They did do a deal. Um, I had heard a little bit about this. Um, it, so he he tweeted, you know, basically put out a tweet thread saying we stand by her. She will not be canceled her new job and Good. alluded to the fact that that Babylon B has done a deal with lives of TikTok. Yep. So that's going to just be another element of their uh already thriving social media platform multimedia platform because they have audio video internet and etc it's great it's great it's smart babylon b i think is great another victim of the of the twitter machine right they they got rid of babylon b and wasn't something like eight hundred thousand dollar deal or something with uh the, the babylon b and libs of tiktok deal is that is that an is that accurate i think it sounds like it's in the correct neighborhood jesus that's unbelievable where's our eight hundred thousand dollar deals boys <laughs> wait wait that's not that's not the deal we have <laughs> oh I, I i forgot to tell you the check bounced i literally i want to hold out for the 80 million dollar deal Eight hundred thousand isn't enough no yeah it's not enough i mean i guess it's enough if it's a, yeah if it's a, annually yeah then then it's enough i just don't want to be owned by anybody that's my only thing in this yeah, that's whole realm. Hmm? That's what Clay Clark said the other day when he was on our show. I, I don't remember exactly how he put it, but he basically, well, he just said he feels like we were, we're like a phone call away. You know, that's his, his feeling. But he says the thing is when people come and they, they make that phone call and you pick it up and answer it, the first thing they want to do is pay you. The second thing they want to do is turn on you. Yeah. Turn off your mic. Mm-hmm. I think that's the way he put it because, yeah. you know, he's going through some of his stuff right now with, with some of the legal cases he's got going on. And, uh, one of, one of the big things was he said he was approached recently uh, by a person that wanted to continue to fund the tour and his endeavors, which would uh, and, and pay him like a hundred thousand dollars a month. That was like the offer. And what he said was, you know, looked into some intentions and stuff with this guy's doing. And he's like, he just had to turn it down because he doesn't want to have the ability to lose like creative control over what he's got going on with, with the tour right now, especially if some of the major guys that have been there since the beginning, probably Flynn and Stone and some of the other ones, Mike Lindell, how they would feel about, you know, maybe being pushed in a different direction, depending on, you know, who's bankrolling it and stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. He, he said he had to turn it down. And, and and part of it's about, you know, just having a little bit of integrity and believing what you're doing is is right. And if, if something like that is going to come along and it's going to be a better fit, then, then he consider it. I, I think, uh, you know, that's everybody's goal in the game, but, it's just not something that I see like viable at the moment. Like we do the best job we can with the resources we have and all of those resources come self-fundedly. But you know, the thing is, is that uh, it's not like we're just looking for a payday. I think that's the, probably the last thing on our mind. It's just, uh, you know, one of, one of those things. Yeah. It's, it's, you got to enjoy what you're doing and build a reputation for yourself and continue to do good work and, and see where it gets you. But it's not like, uh, you know, the, 
you take a pipe dream and make it like the centerpiece of your life, you're going to set yourself up for failure or just mm-hmm. be really hard on yourself. Right. Um, you know who's getting looked at pretty hardly over the last 48 hours is uh, current House Minority Leader and candidate for Speaker of the House after the midterm elections, Kevin McCarthy. Jerk off. Um, yeah, big time. Fucking so apparently after <laughs> January 6th, 2021, you know, he did the news cycle saying that he stood with Donald Trump, this, that, and the other thing. Like he just, he built a narrative for himself, but apparently, you know, at the time Liz Cheney was still in leadership in the house uh, on the Republican side. And, you know, they were having meetings actively in between January 6th and January 19th on what to do. Was there going to be another impeachment? Were they going to invoke the 25th Amendment? Was Donald Trump going to be forced to step down? Kevin McCarthy said all of those things were never on the table or even talked about, and he said it for a long time. Well, two jerk-offs from the New York Times apparently have that and several other recorded conversations that they have yet to release. They gave the teaser last night. No, I'm sorry, two nights ago on Randy Maddow's show on MSDNC. And and he kind of ran with the news. I want to play it right now so you guys can hear it. Here it is. Liz, you on the phone? Yeah, I'm here. Thanks, Kevin. Um, I guess there's a question. When when we were talking about the 25th Amendment resolution, um, yeah. and you asked if, if, you know, what happens if it gets there after he's gone, is, is there any chance, are you hearing that he might resign? Is there any reason to think that might happen? I've had a few discussions. My gut tells me no. Um, I'm seriously thinking of having that conversation with him tonight. I haven't talked to him in a couple of days. Um, from what I know of him, I mean, you guys all know him too. Do you think he'd ever back away? But what what I think I'm going to do is I'm going to call him. My this, this is what I think. Um, no one will pass the house. I think there's a chance he'll pass the Senate even when he's gone. Um, and I think there's a lot of different ramifications for that. Now, I haven't had a discussion with the Dems that if he did design, would it not happen? Now, this is one personal fear I have. Um, I do not want to get into any conversations about him pardoning anything like that. I mean, the only discussion I would have with him is that I think this will pass, and it would be my recommendation that we should be done. He's such a jerk off. Um, yeah, I mean, he's be- definitely a slimy motherfucker. So the first thing they were talking about, if if you're wondering about passing the House and Senate, that was talking about another possible impeachment. She started with the 25th Amendment, and, and he kind of just blew that off the table. It's something that's never been used and definitely wasn't going to be applicable there. That goes into the whole, like, are you mentally fit? And you could right. get up into so much legal stuff right there. It would have went well past January 20th, which was his last day in office in 2021. He then alluded to the fact that, Stepping down is a possibility, but he, he put it out there. You know him. What do you think is going to happen if I present that to him? And then segue that into I also don't want to get into any kind of legal ramifications with this because eventually he would be leaning on Mike Pence to pardon him. Uh, so, you know, it, probably stuff that needed to be talked about. I just didn't like the way it was framed. And uh, there's snakes. There's snakes in the grass. Liz Cheney, Kevin McCarthy. They're fucking snakes. 
And, and they're all part of the same, you know, they're cut from the same mold. <clears throat> the establishment, it's they're horrible people. If Kevin McCarthy becomes the Speaker of the House, we're, we're in for a, a, a tough, tough time because he's uh, he's a piece of shit. I mean, he's going to be. He's going to be way worse than Paul Ryan, in my opinion, because look at how fast just via those phone calls. So apparently those phone calls are around from like the 10th or 11th of January 2021. And look at how fast he was already starting to like distance himself and look at viable options for exit um, yes. from Donald Trump then. And so, he's at Mar-a-Lago practically blowing him right after he left office, just like Lindsey Graham. Yeah, I mean, you're right. And and, and like people uh um, who's that guy that got the endorsement that we wish he didn't get it? Boozer? Boozman you in know? Arkansas. Yeah. Boos- John and Bond John Boozman in Arkansas. Yeah, like he he's gone on the record on several shows and said Joe Biden was legitimately elected and that the 81 million vote count was accurate. Uh, and that was after he got the Trump endorsement. And, you know, that stuff's gotten back to Donald Trump and and he had to go down there and beg for his forgiveness and hope that he doesn't. It, listen, if it's a primary where where Boozman doesn't get over fifty percent and it goes into like a one on one runoff, say with Jake Paquette, Donald Trump's going to pull his endorsement. Um, oh, he done. Yeah, and and so is Adam Schiff. Hopefully, oh, after God. this election. So, two of your favorites, Adam Schiff. He, I think he's a close representative to you over there in New York, Alan. Uh, he jumped on with probably the most highest of integrity talk show hosts last night. None other than Joy Reid. Oh, and they wanted they wanted to talk about these tapes and so much of the integrity that's going on. And in addition to that, how awesome Liz Cheney is. I pulled some of it. Let's hear it. Uh, on some very key things, uh, it's hard to imagine if you were calling for the imposition of martial law uh, to overturn an election that you wouldn't remember doing so. Um, but uh, but look, uh, as we are reminded again so vividly this week, there are a number of members, probably Kevin McCarthy, principally among them, with very relevant information about our investigation. Uh, McCarthy earlier said when we asked him to testify that uh, there was no point in testifying because he had said everything that he knew publicly. But of course, we found out that was yet another lie. Uh, and we found out just the magnitude of that lie in the last 24 to 48 hours. And, you know, you brought up Kevin McCarthy. I mean, these new tapes um, that are coming out of this new book um, that show that he said precisely what was reported in The New York Times that he said about Donald Trump. He had a moment of clarity like Lindsey Graham and then suddenly reversed it. And I think a lot of people are are wondering what happened in between the moment of clarity and reversing it. Was it just talking to Trump? Was it just people um, suddenly laying on him how much the Trump base loved uh, loved him? And and a lot of people have that question. Uh, Do you think that it might be worth even trying to talk? to Kevin McCarthy. Well, I, I think these latest revelations will kindle another discussion among our committee members of course about what will. to do about these members like McCarthy, uh, who have relevant information, who are refusing to come in voluntarily and do their duty. Uh, I don't know how those conversations will conclude, um, but uh, but what, what is so staggering to me about this, Joy, is Kevin McCarthy talks to his Republican con- uh, colleagues after this attack on the Capitol. He acknowledges the president bears responsibility. He says he talked to the president. The president admitted bearing some of the responsibility for that attack. Uh, He talked about calling on the president to resign. And then when he's asked about this, he lies about it, not just lies about it, but he attacks the New York Times and uh, how dare they suggest this? And isn't this just them doing their fake news thing? 
just the audacity of his lies. Uh, and the fact that that the reason he drove Liz Cheney out of the party is that she wouldn't join him in those lies. Uh, and those tapes give such uh, evidence of the fact that he knows what he is saying is a, a, just another big lie. Do you, what do you make of the fact that, you know, this series of events that he's on these leadership calls with Liz Cheney? She at the time was in leadership, so he must know that he was on the calls with her. Then he flat out denies that he said what she heard him say. A lot of people are trying to source those tapes to Liz Cheney. Do you want to disabuse anyone of that? The release of well, the tapes? I, you know, Liz Cheney uh, is not the kind of person that's going to be leaking tapes uh, and denying it. That's just not who she is. Really? You know, one of the things chapter of our history has revealed something that the historian Robert Carroll once said, Power doesn't uh, corrupt as much as it reveals. Oh, uh, it doesn't always reveal us for our, our best, but it says a lot about who we are. Well, power revealed Liz Cheney to be a person of, of great courage uh, and conviction. Uh, it revealed uh, Ken McCarthy to be utterly crazy. Uh, and in fact, uh, uh, so many of the other members of his team, uh, like Elise Stefanik, who when Liz Cheney said, I'm not telling a big lie that eats at the heart of our democracy, uh, Lisa Stefanik put her up her hand and said, well, I'll tell that lie or any other you need if I can have her job. False. Uh, and so yeah. uh, well, I yeah. think that those attacks uh, suggesting that there was Jenny was the source of this are just an effort to tear her down when it's Kevin McCarthy who's being torn down by his own falsehoods. Now, I did, I had, there has been a lot of a lot of people online. You know, Alan, you follow our show and mm -hmm. we've talked about it a couple times you were on. We have been anti Kevin McCarthy being Speaker of the House since day one, since yeah. you know, the day after the presidential election when we kind of saw how the numbers went down and stuff like that because we knew that was going to be the next step. Right. The only issue we have is, and we talk about it on the show all the time, through three quarters of fiscal year 2022, he's raised $104 million in fundraising. I mean, he has literally dialed into every special interest, PAC, you name it. And all they do is just streamline money into him to build yeah. a, an enormous war chest for the house Republicans. Um, my biggest thing is, although there are some viable candidates in the house, I don't think anybody has the balls to step up because what is the opposite side of that coin of losing? You're going to be marginalized in the party yep, right. and he's going to get a bigger gang of bullies around him. People that will fall off of that dissension and join him to uh, stop actual good. So I think in regards to this, we're going to have to see what the other tapes are because this book is getting ready to come out. And it's so funny. They're saying like, oh, this book so accurately reported things that Kevin McCarthy lied about. No, they didn't. They didn't accurately report anything. They got illegally taped phone calls that were leaked to them, and they wrote it transcribed into a book as part of chapters where they're trying to build a skewed narrative. And so, this but, is, uh, and, and hold and, on. And, Adam Schiff has Adam his book out, right? Mm-hmm. What 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 other book is coming out? I I, I missed that part, or, or maybe I'm just confusing it. No, this Adam, this is a uh, the McCarthy tape that was leaked is yeah. one of several that these two people from the New York Times That's were writing. Right. Okay. To get. Yeah, they they okay. obtained these tapes, and then they try to cover it up and say, "Oh, there's even though it's Liz Cheney and Kevin McCarthy on this phone call in a leadership uh, aspect, there's no way that she's the person that leaked it." Well, where right. the fuck did these tapes come from? It's magic. And the Adam Schiff talks about integrity and courage and all this shit. This complete, useless, lying bag of shit who, who has lied to the American people, who has 
and withheld Congress. and Congress, who has withheld evidence in hearings, who has altered altered evidence in hearings when he altered Jim uh, Jordan's text message, and I think it was a Mark Meadows or somebody else's text messaging when he entered it into into hearings. Hey, this guy, who's he on the January sixth committee, the Kangaroo Commission is enriching himself with a fucking book tour exploiting the events, the worst event since 9-11 in Pearl Harbor, the Fed-surrection, not an insurrection, and he's making a shit ton of money writing a book as a member of Congress, as a member of the January 6th committee. He's a tainted, compromised piece of shit. And he wants to talk about integrity of other people when he keeps pushing the Russia lie that was proven to be a hoax and and financed and concocted by the Hillary Clinton campaign. I mean, come on. Well, you're 100 percent right. In addition to all that stuff, you got to remember, he did make up his own version of the Zelensky Donald Trump phone call as part of impeachment volume two and then said he was just kidding when pressed on it. Right. That was kidding. Well, he he said his literal words were, well, of course it wasn't serious. I was using satire because as soon as he went and testified before Congress that these are some of the contents of the phone call, Donald Trump said, you know what? Doing it live, release the whole fucking tape. And, and a lot of the stuff that he said just wasn't on there. And basically it's just kidding. Yeah. My bad. So that's that's a thing. He's using satire. It's completely satire. allowable. Well, if we ever get in trouble for the show, it was satire. Perfect, it's Alan. You said satire. he was. What did you What did you say he was? You said you called him a lot of things. A shit bag. You know who's not really a shit bag <laughs> and just kind of hard. Us. We, well, besides us, we saw him at MTG's uh, hearing yesterday, and then he jumped on with Rob Schmidt last night as a mm. counter narrative to what Ad, uh, Adam Schiff and Joy Reid were talking about. Let's hear Matt Gates take it because he's got a more down the middle. Probably narrative that we like as well. Yeah. There's people a lot of pause, a lot of questions as well about what kind of a leader Kevin McCarthy would be for the Republican Party, for the House Republicans. What do we make of all this? Florida Congressman Matt Gates joins us now. Sure, good to have you on again. Um, we haven't heard a word from Trump in the last 24 hours about any of this. What, what are your thoughts on McCarthy? I spoke with President Trump this morning, and I'll be honest, Kevin McCarthy wasn't one of the things he was most frustrated by. I think his mind was on the proceeding in Georgia, attempting to remove Marjorie Taylor Greene from the ballot. Right. But really, with the situation with Kevin, you know, you, you, you have a circumstance where you either have to believe Kevin's statements or your own lying ears. And there are a few problems. One, the conference never believed that Donald Trump should resign. So to have a leader so far outside of the conference is itself a problem. But after that, point. then if Kevin really believed that Kevin that, that Trump should resign, he had an obligation to share those views with the conference at large, not just Liz Cheney and a couple of other people. And what I'm frustrated by is that I want Kevin to be the best version of himself. And I was out campaigning against Liz Cheney in the state of Wyoming while Kevin McCarthy was telling my fellow Republicans that we need to embrace Liz, despite her impeachment vote, despite her desire to continue a forever war with President Trump, much like the forever wars that Liz Cheney seems to support everywhere else Oof. in the world. And Kevin embraced her and helped her. And while Kevin was actually out there advocating for Liz, there were these secret recordings where she was baiting him into statements that now belie 
the representations that he's made. But at the end of the day, Rob, I, I know your next question is, well, does this mean that Kevin's going to be speaker or not? Yeah. And I think that it probably doesn't really impact his standing in the conference because the covenant between leadership and Republicans in conference isn't a covenant based on truth or honesty. I mean, Boehner lied to the conference. Paul Ryan lied to the conference. Here you have a circumstance where Kevin's statements don't really match up. The covenant is based on fundraising. And Kevin McCarthy is the most elite fundraiser in the history of the Republican conference. So my perception is that so long as he continues to raise vast millions of special interest dollars and dole them out to the membership, that this probably won't be something that substantially impacts how people evaluate him. And that's I mean, that that is so interesting and it's so honest. Uh, And that's why I wanted to have you on tonight, because I knew I would get that from you. But it's so frustrating to people. I mean, obviously, everybody knows how important money is in politics and raising it is so critically important. But Republicans don't want another Paul Ryan. You know, they they don't want that again. I mean, that 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 drove Republicans crazy to have that kind of spineless leadership. And he was, you know, just, just kind of trying to appease everybody. And he was. Um, I mean, that that frustrated people. Do we have that again? Is that is do you think that's what we have right now? Well, what Kevin promises people is that he will be able to bring the special interest PACs back into the fold for Republicans. See, a lot of my colleagues think that it's very easy to just show up at three lunches a day and have lobbyists issue their demands and then provide you their money. Now, you know, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Ted Cruz and I are the only Republicans who don't accept any money from any corporate PACs. I don't accept any money from any PACs or any lobbyists. I'm the only Republican in the country that has that view. And the reason is I think it's quite liberating to free yourself from that system. But Kevin, Kevin delivers it, right? Kevin delivers the goods. He, he really gains his strength, not by like maintaining some great like credibility of truth with people, but by ensuring that he will always be there with the checks. That's so interesting. What do you guys think of that? It's all it's all about money. And he's a powerhouse when it comes to fundraising. I mean, he is because of all the special interest money, you know, look and look what he does with raising. You know, he's the he's the minority leader. Look, look, look at what he does raising for the party. I mean, just that's why I tell everybody out there. I, I feel like a broken record. I say it on my show. I say it on a lot of other shows. I'll say it on this show. Anybody out there who wants to donate, do not donate to the RNC. Do not donate to any. Any Republican Party-based committee or fund, donate to the individual candidates so you know where that money is going. And then it's not being lumped in with dark money and being fed to establishment incumbents who are being primaried by America First candidates. Like, you know, we have you know, Joe Kent, amongst others, Mike Crispy, and, and and you know, the it goes on and on and on. Robbie Starbuck and, and, and people like that. Donate to them. Don't donate to the to – the, uh, to the to the committees. I mean, look at these idiots that, that the amount of time they spent in the in the, in the I said it I think yesterday on your show, the Capitol uh, the 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 Capitol Grill, the Capitol Club, where they have to sit there with their donors and fundraise, 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 and it's all dark seated money, and that's both parties. You know, uh, I had the numbers the other day. Both parties are neck and neck. The actual parties, the DNC and the RNC, literally for the quarter and overall. Uh, about a about a million dollar difference. You know, the DNC was all bragging about their 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 fundraising, and then I looked up the RNC's numbers, and literally the RNC do, uh, uh, has a I think a, a million dollars more than they raised in in the quarter. 
it's just it's it's all a scam. I like the fact that Matt Gates does not accept the corporate money and and the other ones out there. And I had my doubts because when he first announced that, I had my doubts that he wasn't going to. And it seems that he's 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 true to his word. But and the whole Marjorie Taylor Greene thing with this with this ballot removing her from the ballot. I think they trying they were trying to do it to Madison Cawthorn because the Democrats know that they can't win. So now they're going to try with, with these groups to, to remove them from the ballot. And they threatened to do it to Jim Banks as well. And and it's like you're saying now, Alan, if you if you don't believe what we're saying is, is, is factual, Joe Kent's got on the record. He's got on Tucker Carlson and said, listen, Kevin McCarthy's super PAC funds are going directly into the campaign of the establishment rhino Herrera Butler up there in Washington free because Joe Kent is so against Kevin McCarthy in the establishment. He's horrified that he'll be able to get in there and get some traction going with getting some good caucuses up there. It's the same thing. Kevin McCarthy's money from the GOP is now putting them in court in Tennessee five with Robbie Starbuck because they removed him from the ballot there. And that's because Morgan Ortegas is in that district. Kevin McCarthy, super PAC money is funding Vernon Jones campaign in Georgia 10, where Mike or uh, uh, Mike Collins, who's going to be on with us next week as well, is probably one of the strongest America first candidates out there, just like Robbie, just like Joe Kent and several of the others who were really great friends with, but it's because they're amazing. It's not because we want to know them. It's because, you know, all these people have not gotten endorsed by Donald Trump, and, and they're still out there talking about how Trump era policies is the only way this country is ever going to be great again. And, and you, people that can go and run amazing campaigns and actually suck up their own pride and swallow it. You know, it's one of those things where it's, it's very hard to replicate. That's when you start finding like what a genuine person is. It's true. It's true. I've been attending Mike Crispy events in Jersey, and he's running against one of the biggest rhinos of all, Chris Smith, who's who's literally – in, in, in Congress, 40, 40 or 41 years and doesn't even live in the state of New Jersey since the 80s. He lives in Virginia, has never been primaried. And that's another one they're taking. He's taking pictures with Newt Gingrich and endorsed yep. by him and Scalise and all these yep. other establishment rhinos. And, you know, you can't tell me that Kevin McCarthy is not funneling money into into, into Smith's campaign against uh, uh, Crispy because – you know they don't again they don't they don't want to lose the status quo the establishment they don't want to lose the majority within the uh, party so yeah it's disgusting it's completely disgusting back from just really quick marjorie taylor green uh, I, I, I watched a little bit of her hearing and and one of the i think the plaintiff's attorney was like asking her you know did she know i, I and i mentioned this yesterday on your show too 1776 is a code word for a call to violence and marjorie taylor green said well, 1776 is in the Georgia state seal, and she pointed to it, I think, on the on the courtroom wall. Like, this is where we're at now. 1776, using that term, is a call to violence. It's just it, – it's so sick between the Adam Schiff's and the Kevin McCarthy's. To me, Adam Schiff and Kevin McCarthy are in the same boat. That, that's, that's, that's where I am with Kevin McCarthy. They're both pieces of shit. I wish that boat would sink. <laughs> I wouldn't mind seeing that. Those things where uh, we're gonna have to uh, see what happens in regards to the Marjorie Taylor Greene case, and uh, how some of these other stories continue to develop. I think uh, it's gonna be a pretty interesting week. We kind of had a slow news week this week because we came out Easter weekend, but uh, I'm sure things are getting ready to heat up. We'll give a couple more hundred million or billion dollars to Ukraine this week, probably. Uh, yeah. We'll get to 
depletion of enough money for a fourth border wall. I feel like uh, we're giving a lot more money to Ukraine than we gave to the U.S. citizens when they were put out of work by this uh, pandemic. Is that a problem? Absolutely. I mean, problem with six hundred dollars? It's not a lot. Six hundred dollars? Yeah. I didn't get six hundred dollars. Just deal with it, peasant. If you're homeless, go buy a house. If you can't afford gas, go buy an electric car, peasant. <laughs> I mean, these, the, these are the same peasants who couldn't aff- afford to buy a, a 1987 Buick. Right. Right. But a Tesla, that's good to go. Oh, but don't buy a Tesla because that guy's evil. There evil. you go. What a, a great Saturday. Bike. Another great show with you guys. It was a good one. Alan, if we can't wait until next Saturday to hear us again, where are they going to find you during the week with uh, The Great Divide? They're going to find me. I'm actually going to be putting out a lot more shows now, but you could find me uh, live Monday, Wednesday, Fridays at 9 p.m. Eastern on my Facebook page, which is at the Great Divide 1776. You can go to the website, thegreatdivide1776.com. I'm going to be making, I think, another guest host appearance on the Steak for Breakfast podcast this coming Friday of next week. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm all over the place. What about you guys? What are you guys doing this week? Well, in addition to being live on here and next Saturday and, and being across every other downloadable platform with the Steak for Breakfast podcast, we got a busy week. Uh, if you guys are looking forward to some of the great stuff that's going on in the midterm elections, you're probably going to want to tune into Steak for Breakfast this week. On Tuesday, we got a major show. Noah's already mad about it. We're going to do the news with Geisha Montez, one of our favorite and fan favorite guests, following up on Norbin Laden from yesterday. But in addition to her, Blake Masters, Arizona Senate candidate, Jake Paquette, Arkansas Senate candidate are going to do a roundtable with us. Thomas Massey's primary challenger, Claire Worth in Kentucky Four is going to be with us. And we're going to sit down with Mike Collins for his first standalone interview. He's been on twice. They've both been roundtables. And then next Friday is going to be another great one. Amir Benno, constitutional attorney, Newsmax contributors coming, going to come on down and bullshit with us. We're going to have Joe Kent on for round five. And we're going to be sitting down with former NFL superstar and current Senate candidate in Georgia, Herschel Walker. So big week for us. It's going to be a good one. I can't wait. That's awesome. Good stuff. Good stuff. Listen, I think on that note, everybody out there, enjoy the rest of your Saturday from, you know, we got Roan, we got Noah, we got me, Alan. Remember both shows, the steak for breakfast podcast and the great divide available on all platforms until then. I think we're out boys. What do you think? Thanks for listening, guys. Take care. Later. See you later.